This is But I'd Never Marry a Blind Woman. A show where we answer all the questions you are too afraid to ask about dating, marriage, and finding love with a disability. I'm Lucy Edwards-Cave, presenter, author of my soon-to-be-published book, Blind Not Broken, and blind wife of... Me, Ollie Edwards-Cave, her sighted husband and the man usually behind the camera. Every week on this podcast, we... Your fave interabled couple are going to debunk the stereotypes of dating with a disability, dive behind the inspiration porn headlines, and unpack your relationship dilemmas. So when people say, But I'd never marry a blind woman. You can answer. But I would. I'm so broody. And why is that, Lily? Why are you broody? Because I'm 27. Okay. And I feel like my body clock's just turned on suddenly overnight. And what do you All think? All I can think that? about when I'm daydreaming or dreaming is like baby, 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 baby. To be fair, your YouTube history, if anyone had a look at it, <laughs> is literally all things babies and all things cults. <laughs> it's true. Hopefully not related. Do you think I sound really weird, like quite psychopathic? No, I think you just sound like... A 20-something. Yeah, a tw- like a 27-year-old <laughs> who likes to watch true crime documentaries, cults, and also is now getting a bit broody. <laughs> I'm really broody, I think. When do you think it started? I think it might be when you went to the dentist and held her baby. Held my dentist's baby. Exactly. So cute. She was so cute. Well, she is so cute. And her little feeties and the little handies and you just also the little outfits. Tell them what we did the other day. Oh, we we went shopping for baby clothes. Because we've got some family news. We've got a family member who's having a baby. It's so cute. And I think the people that saw me in Tesco thought we were having a baby. Well, you wish. (laughs) You wish. But we've got to... Go for a little bit of a longer process to make that happen, haven't we? We do. We don't really know where to start. And I think that's why I made the broadcast channel, to be fair. I know we're joking. About... <coughs> I'm dying. What? I'm not really. Would you like some fizzy water <laughs> to rescue it? Oh, no, we've already tried about this. It tastes like TV static. You don't want the fizzy water? I just think that we've got a long road ahead. And now he's drinking and not listening to me. He does this quite a lot. No, you know, okay, right, 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 right. This is what he's going to do now. Ollie gets a bottle of water. He, or or fizzy water, and he pours like the tiniest bit in the bottom. He has a, no, actually first, he has a full glass, right? It's true. And then the next, then the next glass he has, he pours a tiny little bit in. Like, oh, just a soup song. Don't want anything else. Just oh, oh, just a little taste. It literally is that. And and then then I found out it was a family epidemic because Phoebe's, my sister-in-law, did it. And I was like, that literally nearly floored me. Because I was like, oh my God, there's two of them that just literally pours like a tiny little bit. I'm like, Ollie, are you not thirsty? Is that why you poured yourself a drink? But actually you poured yourself a drink for a mouse. <laughs> it's because I don't want to be the last one to take it. Like if that, if we're sharing the bottle, I don't want to be rude and take the last little bit. So I leave someone 
the last little bit. I mean, that is you all over and you're so cute. Hello, Miss It doesn't Bo. make sense now Miss that Bo I've got my, my own bottle and that I'm <laughs> drinking it all to myself because you don't like fizzy water. What I would say is the guide dog is now pouring me um, and we don't really share bottles. We have cans most of the time. Is there fireworks going off in the background? Is that where the dog's agitated? I don't know. I can't Honestly, this time of year, there's fireworks going off and I just, I'm just like, I feel so sorry for them. They get so agitated. Yeah, and this is why Miss Mo's up, down, up, down. As of recording this right now, it's currently Diwali. Yeah. So there's lots Which going off. I'm sure, sure it's beautiful, but for the dogs, they, they hate it. And Miss Mo comes up to us quite a lot. So if you can hear that in the background of this pod, we are sorry. But also, I'm glad that people are having celebrations. But we're also trying to, yeah, keep the dogs... You sure you don't need the sparkling water? Keep the dogs calm. I don't want static TV, static water. I would rather... I would just much rather... Choke. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what I was going to say. So... Basically, the, to cut a long story short, is we're starting our IVF journey soon, possibly. Basically, we don't know what journey we're starting because we think it's IVF, but we need second opinions, third opinions, um, and we're taking it slow. Yeah, That's we, the main thing. We currently knew, know of a few options. Well, two. We've got IVF or we've got natural way, but then you get pricked and then... They they test to see if it, and then you had to make that decision. I don't know why I started laughing at you. You get like, pricked like, you are, like get a an, spiky bush like, like spiky. comes at me. <laughs> I don't know why I thought my head like I just imagined this bush looming over me. This is how Lucy perceives her doctors, evidently. <laughs> no, well you know my pain threshold's quite high, so yeah, you you seem to relish in it. I do. Like when speaking of that time that we went to the dentist, Lucy was getting her <laughs> implant put in, and she was like, "Oh, this is a great feeling." Them drilling into my can skull. I, can I say that? Right, right. That is ju- like massively misrepresenting no, the not. situation. She is enjoying yes, it. it. Is. No, she right. was enjoying the no. dentist drilling into her skull. No, I had a lot of painkillers, a lot of painkillers. I didn't really feel it at all. But you said it was a nice sensation. No, no. I just I like because I can't see the world. I didn't say it was a nice sensation. I don't think anyone would say that was nice. What I said was, is that it was an interesting one and something that I would have wanted to experience one day in my life. Just like tattoos, just like, you know, I like it. I think I'm good without feeling my skull getting <laughs> drilled into. Yeah, but I wanted to. Like, I think it's a new feeling, you know. I've had my eye cut open. Trigger warning, trigger warning. I cut open. I've had my... I've got hair extensions currently. I love the feeling of those. They actually, you actually felt like you were f- like because I've got beads extensions. Feels like you're kind of like lying back on like little mini spikes. Spikes. Well, not spikes. Actually, I'm misrepresenting that too. It's just like little mini balls. You go to sleep <laughs> on a bed of nails. I don't know. It's actually the honestly, pain I can't is feel- you and the, it, the you are can the I say pain. something? The first seven days you need a few bits of paracetamol, but after that it's fine. I don't go to, for a haircut and have to take paracetamol after. No, but like that sounds really bad. But like I, I actually enjoyed really, the pain. No, no, no. I just really love having extensions, and I love the way it makes me feel, and my hair's really full, and blah blah blah. You know, and the seven days of getting used to it is fine now because I've had them for like a year. Okay, Lou. 
what else can I say? The other bits of pain. I don't know. Like, I just have head pain all the time. And I don't enjoy that, actually. Much prefer to have Botox. Oh, yeah. I quite like to have my Botox injections. Yeah, she likes being stabbed in the head as well. Yeah, I quite like, actually, that, that whole process. Because I know it's going to make me, like, be in less pain, chronic pain. You didn't pain. know the first time. You just went to... For vanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I'm it's just mind. a very nice side effect <laughs> that actually got rid of your chronic headaches. Well, yeah. And I don't think you should shame me about that, husband, because <laughs> I wanted to not have any wrinkles and that's fine. You still too. liked the pain, though. I didn't. It's and weird. Also, it's weird. That, I didn't like what's it. What's that derma facial thing you get? The the thing where they give you loads of... Oh, yeah. The um... dermaplaning. Is that it? I think it's no. I think they call it something different. I can't for the t- uh, for the life of me. I can't think of it right now. But basically, it's like little mini li- micro needles in your face. That is actually really cool. My next on my bucket list is acupuncture. Why? Just just because it's not. I just want to experience it. Like, God, I sound so weird. Can you not just like eat a weird cheese or something? Like, <laughs> no. I do. I like it. Like, I just want to experience all the bodily things. Like, I'll start having a list soon of, like, skydiving and stuff. Well, you don't want to experience bodily pain from skydiving. No, like, no. Well, no. Go... No, but do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to experience everything that you can feel in this life. Fair enough. Whether I, I feel like it's a bit ew or not. I don't know why we got onto this topic. Maybe it's because I'm really... I am excited to be pregnant as well. That's a feeling that I really can't wait to enjoy. Well, speaking of pregnancy... <laughs> I found us a good story about children. I think you're really scared about when I'm pregnant. I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified. There's one week every month where it is the week from hell. Don't you dare. I'm good. Don't you dare. Like, so many people who have periods out there will be really giving you daggers right now. I know, but you get so stroppy. It's like, I, I just want to I hide can't it. control my hormonal emotions sometimes, okay? Like, no, but can I just say something? I just can't. Sometimes I just have to cry and cry and cry, and that's okay. And if you want to hide in a ball while I'm doing that, then that's all right. I can be a bit snappy to you. A little bit. <laughs> right, let's get on with the podcast. <laughs> right, give me the dilemma, darling. Okay. Is it possible... For my partner to accept my special needs child. Right. I have been with my partner for four years now and have a special needs son from a previous relationship. His special needs diagnosis includes low functioning autism, hydrocephalus, hydrocephalus, epilepsy, (laughs) cerebral palsy. Ollie and and words, not strong point. What did you say? Okay. H-Y-D-R-O. Hydro. C E P H A L U S Hydrocephalus 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 <laughs> Gosh Okay I don't you know You see why I'm struggling Pass. with it I can see why you're struggling but there's often words that you say to me and then I'm like do you mean this and you're like oh, oh. Next <laughs> Okay let's resume reading Epilepsy Cerebral palsy Non-verbal and visual impairment Oh, this one's relatable, Love it. My current partner came into our lives when my son was two years old. And at that time, I was not aware of half of his special needs yet. My partner has had a hard time of being understanding and empathetic towards my son. Oh, dear. And his reasoning, in, the bin. in his own words, is... You're going to love this particular statement, Lee. It's going to... 
second one? What do you think it's going to be? I'm going to want him to give, give him a good Do you want me to make a knuckle sandwich? It's going to be a knuckle sandwich worthy <laughs> statement. There's a certain word beginning with B that you hate. Burden. He is a burden. And him being special needs prevents us from doing certain things. Dump brackets, him. Like vacations. Dump him now. And buying a two-story right home. I said right now. Because he's in a wheelchair. Those brackets. He says he loves us and just needs to learn to be okay. My blood is boiling. With having a child with special needs. My blood is literally boiling. Right. Number one, you can have amazing houses that are not on two floors. Like get get in the bin. Also, you can have a two-story home that has a lift in it slash yeah, chairlift. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There you can also uh, not use the word burden because you're actually the burden, dude. Get the out of my life. The fact that like he can't. He has the audacity I know. to come into this child's life I when know. the child is already here. <laughs> yes, Ollie! And is living with this... Lovely mother, by the sounds. Yes, yeah, lovely mother. and You're navigating his... disability, not knowing necessarily what's going on with her lovely child, son, then, daughter. Like imagine if someone folk. just walked into the room now, brand new person, into yeah. our life and called you a burden. We'd be like, excuse uh, me? Excuse me, get out of my house. I can't believe she's still with you. I know, same. I can't believe she's even writing this post. I'm not going to lie. Stop being a wet wipe and dump his ass right now. She's been with him for four years. This child is now six. And he's still calling him a burden. (gasps) See, this this is what's the problem with society as a whole. Like, if that, why is that even allowed? Well, apparently he's going to therapy to help with it. But I would like to know, is it even possible to... To Except. not be that much of a beep. Like, come on. There's, like, <laughs> there's a lost cause. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if you're going to be a bemol about a lovely little gorgeous child with a lot of prospects in its life and not call them a burden just because they've got different needs, you know, you've probably got different needs like being a bed. Mm. At least that child can grow up in the knowledge that it's going to have way more morals than you. Ouch. <laughs> I just think that, you know, the, the expectation of disabled people is through the floor to just automatically call someone's child a burden because they've got diagnosis. I mean, we don't even know how probably a lot of these disabilities present themselves because the the, the child is six years old yet we don't know how they're going to necessarily go through life and adapt to them and you know you live every day as it comes and you know with a disabled diagnosis and you know understanding yourself and growing into your disability as well as being a teenager that's going to be the next hurdle and if you're standing there calling him a burden slash her a burden then like I don't really think that that's going to help with their development and self-confidence and their ability to feel like they're a, an amazing, active member of society yeah. because you're definitely not. Exactly. Like the, the best thing to give this ch- kid a chance in life is... If you but, can just get out yeah, right and, now. And also having supportive parents. Yes. Like, supportive parents and a supportive community and not an arsehole. Yeah. Of a stepfather mm-hmm. who, like, come on. He's like, obviously not grown up understanding what 
the ability and disability is. And a lot of us haven't. Look, you know, we live in a world where disability is really misunderstood. We don't see the amazing, resilient, positive sides and positive role models of disability in our everyday, mainstream, everyday life. So we just think mm, disability is rubbish. Well, even if this kid like doesn't grow up to be particularly high functioning or particularly intelligent, like they're alive. They deserve just like because they're alive, mm. they're deserving of a lovely life, of a lovely life that they don't. Like, it doesn't matter about their prospects in life. Yeah. They they deserve happiness. I think it's a bit of both, though. It's like not even giving him the chance to even have prospects is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I he's agree with you. Him, he's shooting him down before he's before even Before he's even tried. And that is what leads to low mental health, you know, to disabled fe- people feeling unwanted and worthy, not having the confidence to, you know, stand up in their workplace or at school or have the confidence to like fight for their rights or what they believe in and have, a, you know, a sense of self, even though they are disabled. And, you know, who knows, that kid could be the next Gordon Ramsay or he could just love having a bit of bacon and egg in the morning and both is just as valid. Yeah. And like, let, let's let's switch the... The point of view for a second. Mm-hmm. Why is the mother with this guy? I don't know. Why is she staying with him? That's what I literally, the first thing I said was stop being a wet wipe. Like, I really do think that she needs a long, hard look in the mirror. And she needs to ask herself why for the last four years. Has she, <laughs> she put up with this guy? This guy. Talk about her son like that. Because it is not okay. It never will be okay. And... The sooner that she hopefully hears our podcasts, then she yeah she needs to just take some advice and have a long hard look at herself. Like I understand not being lonely, but your kid comes first, and you know. Well, to be fair, I can see how she maybe got into this relationship in the first place because when a disability does happen to you, like whether it happens to you yourself or to a close family member, often there's that feeling of. My life isn't the same anymore. Yes. And you want to try and, and keep it. And you grieve what once was. Yeah. And you mm. want to try and keep it in the way that it once was. You desperately try to hold on to that. So maybe she got with him also feeling a little bit of resentment towards her son at the time for taking away that freedom that she once had because she hasn't relearned how to to regain that freedom. Like, Possibly. If she, but if she's going to see it in a negative through a negative lens, then she's always going to feel that resentment towards that her son. Yeah. Or her daughter. Is it her son? son. Sorry. Yeah, son. And, you know, if she's always going to take advice from this tool, she needs to shut the toolbox. Yeah. Get rid of him. Yeah. Chuck out that bad hammer. <laughs> You've you made me do those analogies. <laughs> <laughs> that drill bit has snapped. <laughs> Your drill bit always snaps in the wall, babe. Once, one time. Ollie, you Actually, have twice. so many drill bits that you keep destroying. I, I can't even know. Two drill that bits. Makes, two drill bits. No, ten. At least ten. You keep going to the hard man. Her hard man. <laughs> Go to the hard man. <laughs> the hard man store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do. You keep going to the the store, and you keep buying like 
six or whatever. I don't know. I just get blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I need the right size. <laughs> like, so I have snapped a few. Like one is still in our old house and it's lodged in the wall with rip. a bit of a, <laughs> a rip. bit of filler oh, over it. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like a new odors. Re- reinforced <laughs> concrete. <laughs> Hey, backwards. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, we just try our best, don't we? But we don't succeed. We get what we want, but not what we need. Is that another one of your poems, by any chance? It's poem. <laughs> <laughs> when you lose something, you can't replace. <laughs> Surprisingly apt <laughs> about tools. <laughs> Name the song, guys. Name the song. Right. Comments. Any comments? Yes. Yes, comments. Okay, so... This person says, it has been four years. Either he loves and accepts your child for who he is, the good and the bad, or he doesn't. Yes. And it sounds like he doesn't. Yeah. And it might be time for you to move on. It isn't fair to your son to feel like... be. To feel the resentment his stepdad <gasps> feels for him. No. That was a tame comment. Yeah, that that could. Yeah. Is there anyone, like, disagreeing with us? Uh, well, someone put referring to your son as a burden is an automatic deal breaker, but that's... Someone's, like, put loads of red flags... Yeah. The post. <laughs> yeah, red flag. Let, let's go to controversial. Is it controversial? It's really sad to me that your child has a mother who would stay with someone referring to him as a burden. Mm, I agree. I just think everyone agrees with us and we're amazing. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. Headliners. You sound like the X Factor guy. <laughs> Headliners. How do you go that low? Headliners. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What's the headline then? Today we've got a headline <laughs> the, from the local news. It's not the local news, it's the New York Post. <laughs> the New- which is not exactly the best <laughs> newspaper out there. No, it's not, but um yeah, this section is where me and Ollie either read our comments on the restricted section of our channel's social media pages and or read some headlines. <laughs> What's the headline could, could then? You the headline then? <laughs> or was it just sound like some sort of dubstep like... <laughs> <laughs> Hidden camera investigation reveals hardships wheelchair-bound flyers. Nah. Nah. Sorry. Bound? Wheelchair-bound. I hate, 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 hate that word. I hate it. So for our like, audience, I'm sorry, but I hate it. What's the alternative? I just... <sighs> For the audience. Okay, so I just think that people need to understand that that is a quite a derogatory word. Someone isn't bound to their wheelchair. Not trapped. They're not trapped. They're not, you know, you know, tied to it in any way. They are a wheelchair user. You know, it gives them empowerment to say that. A wheelchair user means that they use their wheelchair. It's a mobility aid for them. Wheelchair bound is disgusting. So are you telling me that this New York Post journalist... Needs educating by some of my mates at the BBC. Because all of us would be like absolutely floored by that. that excuse me? Yeah. Shout so out to Lucy Webster. Shout out, to, shout out to Alex Taylor. Although Lucy's moved on now. She's got a new book out. Guys, you should definitely search Lucy Webster. And listen to her new book because it's amazing. Continuing on. (laughs) Go. (laughs) A hidden camera investigation has shed light on the humiliating and at times frightening challenges 
People bound to wheelchairs. <gasps> that really oh, makes me cringe. They're really going on this bound to wheelchairs. Oh. Must endure when they're flying. Just as the Canadian government demanded Air Canada defend itself against a string of reports detailing how they've allegedly mistreated customers with disabilities. Allegedly. No, they definitely will have done. I can tell you that for, for certain. I can tell you that for breakfast. Does that make sense? <laughs> can tell One second, I got a nose hair that's like... <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in. Don't Please put that in. No. Please put that no, in. Because you see you fell out on the camera. Just tickling the whole time. <laughs> in the middle of a serious like news reading section. On, carry on. I just I can tell you that for breakfast. Yeah. It's not even like I can tell you that for sure that not allegedly. There is 110% security and certainty that people with disabilities have been treated badly on probably most airlines. I just think that quite a lot of plane rides are not accessible. I remember recently I had quite a fight with a BA guy about Miss Moles, didn't I? Yeah, British Airways, that is. Yeah, so usually they're amazing. Like That's why I always fly with them. They actually have a policy that... Uh, basically know they know me and Molly. We've got like a little section on their syst- on their computer system where it states my disability, proof of Miss Moles. All they need is the animal health certificate every single time we fly. And then we're on pretty easy within about 48 hours is Ollie before the flight. Yeah, about that. And so that's fine and dandy. However, me and Miss Moles, we need more leg room. So usually they allocate one seat with like at the front of the plane with yeah. the most leg room with the most leg room however or an extra seat an extra seat in the main cabin so miss moles hasn't got legs in her face <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> not comfortable sitting, to be like yeah s- sitting with a a, a full size golden human, retriever yeah and then the in human, between your legs yeah for several hours and it's not fair on miss moles it's not fair on us she's a big dog and I was told that it was in the policy. However, this guy definitely came to have a bit of a row with me, didn't he? Yeah, he was very pernickety on the where possible. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that he kept pointing where possible, where possible, where possible. I was like, well, it is possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be possible. Like you can just switch loose with someone. And I'm someone just not understanding. With yeah. one leg room. Yeah, it's true. Like, and not I'm... in the emergency exit section, but like no. there, there was... Like literally, as we were walking out, we wandered past, and Ollie a place was like, "Where Ollie said could have sat." <laughs> Ollie said some expletives. <laughs> I, did, I didn't say it to them. Like, no, you didn't. You said I, it to me, babe. But I'm we a were perfectly angry. Polite customer. You are, however, and we didn't really take it further. Which maybe we should. I mean, we are right now, aren't we? I guess. Yes. And maybe this one guy. Maybe isn't... the New York Post will pick it up. <laughs> Yeah, we still need to read that horrendous article. Horrendously worded article. Oh, horrendous article. Well, shall we continue with that? Can I just say, all rights reserved on BA. I'm not trying to defame Matori them. It's probably just one person, but yeah, fix yeah. it. Next. <laughs> okay, so the long-running Canadian consumer watchdog series, Marketplace. Right. Mm, conducted the investigation. Is that the equivalent of like Panorama? Or Watchdog. I thought Watchdog was specifically about crime. Uh, yes. 
maybe panorama type thing. Mm. But this Which, is crime, isn't it? Technically. Uh, I guess so, yeah. If it's feels like a panorama style investigation though, as opposed to a watchdog. Uh it's half and half, isn't it? Yeah. Half anyway, half. technicalities. <laughs> um which in part followed a woman named Alessia. Alessia? De... Well, it's A L E double S. Oh, yeah. Alessia. Alyssa. Di Voggio. Okay. Uh, as she tried to navigate the difficult, confusing world of flying with a wheelchair, according to the CBC. I did not feel safe, said Di Virgilio, who was born with a mobility dis- disability. Mobility disability. That is a mouthful, isn't it, it babe? It's hard to I say. I totally get it. That affects her muscles and lungs and has left her chained to a ventilator <gasps> and able to sit up on her own. Chained? What's with the language? What the hell? Chained and I bound. I am so and... annoyed. Did they pick up like a BDSM dictionary? <laughs> like what's going on? I think on? they're trying to make their article more dramatic. In turn, trying to make themselves feel better as a journalist when actually this is not the time. Like, I what's their name? Trying to the journalist hmm? uh steve janoski can i just say something i literally said is it steve did you no way i said is it a steve or a p in my head and then i was like no lucy don't be don't be <laughs> stereotypical <laughs> steve has he had any problems in his life because I don't know. he doesn't sound like it he doesn't sound like he's experienced life much. Well, I wonder if we click on him, like if it'll tell. Like, <laughs> I think he's a happy, smiley, bald white man. Is that horrible? Oh, little stereotyper, <laughs> Steve. Jones. Oh no, this is so bad. This is like I don't want to be thinking and feeling this, guys. Like just, just to, <laughs> just to preface, like I just, I didn't want to believe that a Steve could be a wrong one, but he needs to like curb his language. Let's oh, boom. Steve Janoski, New York Post. Post. I just think, Steve, if you're listening, I don't know what's happened in your life. Well, he's not a... Uh, he is a white man. Yeah. He's got quite the widow's peak. Oh, cool. And um, he's got a bit of a beard. Looks like... Steve, I think we need to chat. He's got some good eyebrows. You have not been educated. He's not hanging out on a wheelchair. No. So, Steve, I'm sure you meant well and you wanted to cover disability or have you just been given this article by your editor and they've told you to write it? This is what it seems like. There's no passion really there, Steve. You wanted to put chained and bound. He's got passion for the Quite dictionary. a lot. <laughs> and Steve, just, just babe, 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 just come closer. Listen. about really independent disabled people because you are the problem and what we need to just understand here is that the world is the thing that needs to be fixed and bound and chained away from disabled people in order for them to have a better life did you just turn our podcast from a pg to a 13 (laughs) because of steve well i just think steve needs to get in the bean I just, I just really think that I, I'm re- I, I'm just, I, I have no words. I think you can tell that I'm just a bit 
angry. It sounds like his heart's in it. Like he's still posting the story. No, his editor's just bloody told him to post it and he's just, there's no heart in it. He just wants jeopardy. Wants jeopardy and, and, a, and he a, wants a clicks. He wants clicks. He wants clicks because he wants his article. If you put bound and chained wheelchair user in the thumbnail or whatever the fuck. Sorry, pardon my French. <laughs> but I just think, you just think, Steve, could you maybe like, you know, actually write about something interesting and reword your article to actually talk about the injustice and talk about the social model of disability in the body of your text. That would be much more impressive. Well, shall we continue on with the... With the <laughs> I am ranting and raving. You are not happy. <laughs> this is... <laughs> it's because I'm a journalist as well, so I get particularly angry. <laughs> so, it just felt like people weren't trained properly, she said towards the end of her round trip journey from Toronto to Charlottetown. Well, yeah. People didn't really know what they were doing. The litany of problems Di Virgilio encountered stemmed from a lack of preparedness by the airline and its staff. Yes. And led to an egregious complications like a ventilator being disconnected. Mm-hmm. Well, that's horrendous. And I'm having sorry. a lift fall on her head <gasps> during the trip. No. My gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think this needs more than an article written. She needs a massive apology and some compensation. Well, it sounds like it was part of a... Uh, like a full video documentary. Oh my god! Still, like that still. is still that is outrageous. Like that is properly, properly bad. Oh god, that gives me the heebies. Which airline? Can- Canada? Is it Air Canada? I think so. Didn't I- didn't Moles say she just flew Air Canada? It was okay. Molly Molly Burke. The problem is though. Like because there's so many disabilities, yeah, sometimes they can hard. be like trained well on one thing and then be absolutely rubbish. They need like constant training. Yeah, it's true. I just feel rotten we for have, this girl. We have had some rather bad experiences of our own, so going through sort of the accessibility <gasps> desk. Oh my gosh! Remember when we were in Italy? Was it in it? Actually, I, I wasn't, wasn't it in New York. That. It was in New York, and they put um, me and Alice were there my sister and they put a uh they sat me in a wheelchair and because i was not as confident back then i think i was like 19 or 20 i didn't say anything i was like okay i think this is what you meant to do and then i put a well they put (coughs) oh god i can't talk they put a sticky note on my shoulder that said blind yeah i just sat there that's not ideal it's not really is it (laughs) there's a that's there's quite the habit of like what is that about Access stuff sticking you in a in a wheelchair. Well, we, we, we had that in Tenerife, didn't we? Oh yeah. What else happened with that though? Because uh, there's so many that, times we were left on the plane for absolutely ages. We we're just waiting around. Were we? Yeah. What happened? They took about twenty minutes to get to the plane to fetch us off it. This is what I mean. This is why me and you just leg it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't wait anymore. For we... <laughs> any like plane journey that we're quite familiar with, yeah. we will just hop we'll off. We just get off. And then we just... still got off last. Yeah. But just quite and, promptly. Yeah, and then we just raced it through the And assistance is and never there, especially at Heathrow. No, Sorry, like... shading your Heathrow, but just they're never there. No, half the time we actually just wander through and then like we eventually bump into them like way up the concourse. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and they're Oh, like, oh are, you, are you Lucy Edwards? I'm like, like yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Do you need a, a help? You're like, a little bit late now. <laughs> Slightly late. Like, which way's the I always dread the fact that if I'm on my own ever, well, I'm not usually because we work together and live together and all that jazz. But 
imagine if I was on my own. <laughs> just I love Birmingham though. Birmingham yeah. Airport's amazing. They are really good. And they actually turn up. The, actually the concerning thing is Heathrow with their guide dog policy. Yes. They're meant to meet us at the gate. They're never at the gate. Right, they're meant to be checking in Molly and making sure her paperwork's fit and everything. And good, good job that our paperwork is all up to date and we do actually get a vet visit within different EU countries and they do check her and they give her her tablets and everything. But could you imagine? Like you could like you bring could in just, any doggy? Yeah. Could just, just don't be, check them. Could just be trading out dogs. Yeah. Like have some sort of dog running crime just, ring. Just don't know. Yeah, they, they need to fix up. Yeah, they do. So, so yeah. But, I mean, that's what we think about that article. Well, I think... Go I, on. I've still got more articles to read. Ooh, I don't think I want to listen. <laughs> the Marketplace documentary also illuminated accessibility issues throughout Canada's transit systems, including rideshare apps with a service animal. Oh, that sounds oh. familiar. Ho, ho, ho. Don't even. Uber. Looking at you. Uber, the amount of times that drivers well not just uber actually uber would just cancel me really really quickly if they could see that i have a guide dog i think there was like we were coming out of euston station once do you remember this ollie and the driver i think i think there was about 10 drivers that just basically just they just passed they passed there and you said oh we've got a driver oh no we haven't oh got a driver oh no we haven't got a driver no do you know what i mean (laughs) it's just really frustrating when you're trying to be like yeah but we need to actually get somewhere like maybe right now, you know, because we need to get to our meeting. Or they do turn up and then they see we have a guide dog and then oh, we have an argument with them. God. So like nowadays, like for peace of mind, we just put it in the notes. And well, hope. even then they, I think well, that's why they go through the council council. But at least when someone turns up, they're not going to reject us on the spot there. Yeah. But there's been times. I remember when I was at law school and I was standing outside and someone, remember when we got in that taxi and that guy spat at me? Oh God. Yeah, that was, and and then you got locked in a taxi as well outside your house, (gasps) and he insisted that he wanted to pray for you because yeah, which you know I respect anyone's religion, like I will listen, but not when you're locked in someone's car. And he said, "Well, no, I just need to pray for you otherwise before you get out, you're not allowed out." And that my heart was like racing. (laughs) I was like, "What?" And he started just saying that I wasn't valid and this, that, the other. I won't go into it, but it's just I was only young as well. So, but yeah, the law school one was quite outrageous because you were outside a law school. Yeah. And then yeah, so, he, yeah, travel. he rejected you. And then you had a witness from a paralegal. Oh, no. Gosh. But it's just, it's quite traumatic. And then when you go into America and Canada, I don't know whether I'd even like put Miss Mo on a long call flight that long anyway, maybe to New York. But I just, it's it's a lot because a lot of assistance animals within the USA and Canada, they wear fake service jackets so you can basically you know upgrade your Uh, pet basically emotional emotional support support. animals and some of them are obviously valid but a lot of them just are really naughty dogs apparently and there's no standard like over here if we had emotional support animals they would have to be trained they would have to come from an actual organization yeah they have to be part of the it's the idgf the international guide dog federation, federation or yeah. there's another one which is there like is another one the assistance animal animal federation or and that's like that. fine i really i really do this is not me knocking assistance dogs of all shapes and sizes like emotional support dogs cracking crack on but they've got to not be a pet and then just upgraded to <laughs> an assistance dog in a vest i just don't agree with it 
So, yeah, because <laughs> it just confuses people, you know. And then we as guide dog owners get flack because it's like, are you sure you're allowed to come in? Whatever. Transport is quite important if we go on this. And often you need to get somewhere. Like particularly if you're in the early stages of dating, you want to actually get to know each other and often you have to go to each other. Yeah, it's true. There's been a lot of times where I've tried to get on the bus and had a refusal and then felt quite sad on our dates. Yeah. You know, and we've had to just be like, oh, well, or we get somewhere like we go to the cinema or whatever. And then there's no audio description. Yeah. Or they've got audio description, but they haven't charged their headsets. The thing about a lot of things to do with transport and a lot of stories about these disability stories are that they do affect your dating life. Yeah, they and do. And that's why it's relevant to this podcast. Yeah, it's so true. I think, you know, you don't have a sense of self. You just feel so demoralised and so kind of torn apart in that moment. You just feel like you're having, like, you know, a good day, just going about your business and then... Your sense of self kind of gets smushed to the ground. It's just not good. Not good for the morale. Not good for the dating. No. And yeah, how 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 are you meant to have a nice date when everything is going tits up? Oh yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, I ju- it just seems like more we're hearing more and more and more stories like this, and I don't know how do you feel, Ollie? Because I remember actually. In the first early years of us dating, do you remember we got into that taxi and we stood in that taxi line and I was like, Gorge, we've got to go to the front of the queue. Like, I'm disabled, I can. And then you were like, no, I don't want to put my head above the parapet. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. It was, I think it was a bit of a young mindset, sort of not wanting to be, feel entitled. Which is fair but, enough. But like, there, there are these provisions, like, if you go We're to... We're not a, entitled. If yeah. you go to a Primark, there is a special desk for disabled people that if you're disabled, you can jump the queue to get to because it's your own queue. Mm-hmm. The only people you can't jump in front of is other disabled people who are waiting for that queue. And you had to just kind of change your mindset, I guess, to that. Yeah. It, it's sort of knowing that you have these rights. Yeah. Knowing that you can act on them and that you might get a slight look from some people but like would they rather be in a long queue or like what what's the alternative yeah would they rather be in a long queue or have no eyesight yeah exactly because <laughs> it's a lot harder for us to get about as a couple you know yeah it just like, you, it, things like, do take longer feel free if you want to cut your eyes out to get a free ticket well Ooh, uh, no don't feel free <laughs> no, no, to get a shorter <laughs> rider uh Alton Towers. Oh, yeah. It's right. just it's just not logical, Actually, is it? D- don't cut your eyes out. No. Put them for research yeah. in more fields. <laughs> don't get your, t- don't I don't, your ticket. I don't want to go down this road. <laughs> I just... How would you say over the years that this has affected us as a couple? I It has ruined some of our dates. Like I do recall that we went to try and see Joker when it first came out. Yeah. And the audio description headset wasn't connecting to the right channel because they hadn't set it up properly. And like, like for the people who like are looking after it and meant to be doing the charging, it's just a job to them. But at the same time, like it is your life, it's your freedom, it's your independence. Like you like it's not a human right to watch a film. But at the same time, like 
It's when, a human when, right to have the same experience as other people, though. Yeah, and like when equity you're equity and equality, and when that option is there, and it, the only reason we can't experience that is because you just didn't give a crap, just to like literally turn a switch on. There was one time that they were apparently all plugged in. I think it was Joker, and they literally hadn't plugged it in because they swapped it out for a phone charger. Wow! Like, can't, I couldn't remember that. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just, it's just smacks of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't really care about your disability today. Yeah. And then you're there crying. The person at the cinema, like the manager's apologising profusely, and we get some free tickets and. Like, but like that's your night ruined. You feel terrible for the next twelve hours or so. Mm, I do. I didn't feel good back then, did I? No, at all. Especially as a newly disabled woman. But I remember us having an argument. Yeah, and it was about like, is it acceptable? Uh, well, because because I, I, we I had to kind the... of fight for myself, didn't I? I remember being like, I just don't get it, and you were like, No, don't kick but up a fuss. I think what it was is I was trying to sort it practically. I was trying to get them to fix it, but you just wanted to be out of there and wanted a refund immediately. Yeah, because I just felt you, you, a bit you, that distraught. was it. Like it was done for you. Yeah, you, you weren't going to continue that day. No, and it, it's like it's happened a few times. Like when we went to see The Incredibles too, though. Like, you didn't have audio description for the first, like, five minutes, mm, which mm. wasn't the worst bit in the world no. because it was just, like, the sort of intro credits. But at the same time, again, screens of people not caring. I I just don't feel good in the cinema when it's not accessible. Yeah, it, it's very much a get up, leave, just be done with the... Do you feel like that? Yeah. Like, well, if, like if we can't experience it together then what's the point like the, the whole point is we're on a date it's not like i've gone to the cinema on my own like if i wanted to do that i'd just go on my own but we're together we're both enjoying that film i want you to enjoy it in the same way that i enjoy it and like we have had in the past for example we went to see about time at the cinema and your headphones ran out halfway through didn't they i didn't tell you and you didn't tell me because you were so newly disabled and you like with such a new relationship at the time that you you didn't want to ruin that experience. For you. But, like, when you told me, I was mortified. Yeah. Like, why didn't you tell... Like, we could have just gone, gone out. We could have done something else for... Like, we can just go and see it another time. Or yeah. we can... Sad. It's just a learning curve. I think, you know, yeah. It is part of when you get into a relationship with a a disabled person, especially someone who is newly disabled, you're both learning that disability at that point. Yeah, you are. Like, we we very much learnt about blindness together. We did. And like learning braille together and all of that sort of stuff. So there were some hurdles that like we'd literally be coming across for the first time together. together. Yeah. There were a lot of them as well. We grew up together, Ollie Bobs. We did. And I think that's a wrap for the podcast today. It is. So <laughs> thank you very much, guys, for watching slash listening. Yeah. And if you have your disability dilemmas, where can they email Luce? Help! H-E-L-P at Lucy Edwards, L-U-C-Y-E-D-W-A-R-D-S dot com. You can also comment down below if you're on YouTube. Basically, 
all of your dilemmas. We want a long, lengthy story so we can feature it possibly in the podcast if we want to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if you're on other platforms, if you listen on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, make sure that you like, comment, share and subscribe. <laughs> Were you over the fairies then, babe? No. <laughs> I, was, I, I just thought you were going to say it. I was like, well, and, and, oh, no, she hasn't said it. Audio and, description if you can't see me. Yes. So you are a ginger lady Ooh. with very nice makeup on. Thank you. You have a primarily navy top with white stripes going all the way down it. Lovely. You have gold flaked nails that have a nude base. Ooh, nice. And you have a pair of Sennheiser headphones on. I do. That's amazing. And what do I look like, Liz? You, I don't know what clothes you're wearing. She didn't already describe them, but you've got on fleek eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) I am wearing... Mousy brown hair, gorgeous. A sort of corduroy blue jacket from Zara. Nice. (laughs) And a sort of greeny grey top. Nice. And Ollie's lovely, smiley white man. He, him, pronouns, minus she, her. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. We cannot wait to see you back for episode five. Gosh, it's going quickly. It is. And we'll see you very soon. See you soon, guys. Bye.